Welcome, witches, to Witchcraft from E to Z, your go-to witchy podcast for finding the magic hidden among the mundane. My name is Elaine Abergreen, a practicing witch over 15 years now, and I'll be your host this week. This episode is dedicated to my sweet boy, Mochi, who you may have heard chip-tapping around the room or barking in the background of most of my episodes. And today, we're going to talk all about hair of dog. And no, I don't mean alcohol or any hangover cures for that matter. Today, we are quite literally talking about dogs and the neat ways you can include them or utilize them in witchcraft. If you're a dog owner, there's a 99.9% chance that you have plenty of dog hair to spare that you can utilize in a spell that includes dog hair. Interestingly, if you're not or you have a hairless dog, you can apparently purchase dog hair on Etsy sold specifically for the use in spellwork. Now, if that doesn't sound like a lucrative business idea, I don't know what does. I saw some Etsy stores sold quite a bit of little packages of 10 or so black dog hairs. Now, my corgi has several colors and sheds prolifically, um, all I'm seeing is dollar signs, so if my next podcast includes a quick blurb about my new dog hair selling business, you know why. Now, besides the lucrative possibilities of selling the shed hair of dogs, historically dogs have been present in superstition and rights for a long time. Because dogs have always been protectors to their owners, dogs have been used in rites of aversion and banishment due to their ability to drive away predators of all kinds. Some old Italian homes sometimes had mosaic or painted dogs that would greet visitors that were most likely ways that the owners warded against evil spirits. Like hair, several parts of dogs have been used in different practices, including but not limited to gallbladders of male black dogs used as tal talismans against magic, blood placed under the threshold of your home to ward against evil spirits, Teeth used to drive away fears and as cures for toothaches and fevers. Ashes were mixed into earache re remedies. And along with those are many random believed cures and wards using everything from urine to skin to sexual organs of dogs. On the darker side of historical magical uses, even includes sacrificing of dogs to bring about changes in weather and the use of dogs as scape animals for illness. In fact, the Greeks would rub newborn puppies onto those who were ill, and when the puppies died or became ill themselves, it was believed that the illness was absorbed into them. Now, I hope this is not something I need to mention, but I will and that is harming animals for any reason other than self-defense and survival should never be accepted nowadays. So when it comes to the use of animals in witchcraft, please ensure that your materials are gathered from, a healthy, from healthy and unarmed animals or animals that have died of natural causes. So maintaining a humane and ethical magical practice, there are quite a few lessons that we can take from history which we can implement into our own routines. To start, Having an image of any sort at the threshold of your home is probably one of the easiest practices involving dogs that anyone can do. From little garden statues to those cute flags you hang in your yard, 
there are tons of pre-made dog images that you can just go and purchase, which would be a super inconspicuous way to ward your home from negative forces. Images of dogs can also be used on your altar if you have a deity that involves dogs in some form or another. Some examples include Fenrir, obviously, Anubis, and the Morrigan. If your dog or puppy loses any teeth and you manage to get it from them before they eat it, you can create a talisman to prevent nightmares, to reduce anxiety due to extreme fears, and to protect yourself from hexes and curses thrown your way. Since human urine is often used in practices of protection and warding, such as the use in witch balls, dog urine could be used in a similar fashion. It seems gross, but I mean, magic isn't always sunshine and daisies. Sometimes it's dirty, gross, smelly, and strange. Plus, urine is, an, is another one of those ingredients that are easily accessible, especially if you own a dog. And if your dog tends to have accidents, you know, you can just use the things that they peed on. Now, while I don't believe in harming another being or transferring my own illness to another being, I do believe that dogs and cats, for that matter, have the ability to aid in healing. Dog and cat owners will know this if their pet has a habit of laying on them or near them when they are sick, injured, or just not feeling themselves. And so having your dog lay next to you or on the area that is not feeling well is a great way to speed up healing and recovery, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual illness or injury. Finally, the easiest way to include dogs in your practice, obviously, aside from the inclusion of imagery involving dogs, is using the one resource they rarely run low on. Their hair. If you have a heavy shutter like my little corgi, all you have to do is find a corner in your house, pick up a hairball that's guaranteed to be there. However, if you vacuum daily or you have a dog that doesn't shed quite as much, you may also use the hair that comes out when you brush and bathe them or trim their fur. Now, I tend to use my dog's fur in spells that are meant to heal or protect him, but using the aspects of protection of yourself and of your home and the wording of negative forces, you can also use your dog's fur to create talismans, witch balls, wards, and charm bags. Now, normally I create spells that I share on my podcast. However, I wanted to share one that I found online to show that there are a great many resources to use that you can find online if you don't have time to create a spell yourself. This pet protection charm was created and shared by thetravelingwitch.com. For this spell, you will need your pet's ID tag, a black candle, hematite, a sheet of paper, and a piece of drawing charcoal. Or, you know, any type of charcoal that you can use and write something with. To begin, take your paper and charcoal and set them in front of you or on your altar. Place your candle on the other side of the paper away from you. In the middle of the paper, draw a large circle. 
You can use a plate or a bowl to get a nice symmetrical circle. Charcoal naturally has strong protective properties, so we're going to take advantage of those properties to create a protective talisman for your pet. In the center of the circle, write your pet's name three times right on top of each other so they stack. After that, turn the paper 90 degrees so that the names face directly to your left or right, and write the word safety on top of those names three times like you did before, but crosswise so it covers your pet's name. Place the ID tag or charm on top of the words. Set the hematite between the tag and the candle. Now light your candle and envision your pet surrounded by a barrier of warmth, protection, and love. Hold this image for as long as you like. If it helps, you can spend this time writing about the image instead of imagining it. Just be sure to focus on how safe you want your pet to be and not the things that you don't want for your pet. Hematite has strong attractant properties, so whatever you write down will come to pass even if it's something you don't want. So be sure you're writing down only things you do want. When you're finished, Blow out your candle and return the tag to your pet. Fold the paper up that, so that it's small and place it somewhere safe. To make this spell more powerful, you can set aside a, piece, a few pieces of your dog's fur or maybe even their baby teeth to include in the spell. And that's it! I hope you learned a few things that you can add into your magical practice to involve or to support your best friend. And if you want to learn more, there are actually a ton of great resources on learning different ways to include your furry friends into your practice in a safe way, including books all about dog magic and pet magic in general. I'd love to hear from you all. So if you have any questions about certain attributes of an item, you want some witchy advice, or you just want to share something about your magical practice, please submit a message to me on my anchor page at anchor.fm slash Witchcraft from A to Z. I've shared a link in the description of this podcast, as well as any resources I may have used during the research for this episode. Don't forget to download and subscribe where you listen to podcasts, and share with anyone you know who needs just a little bit more magic in their life. Until next time, witches.